uh, we're, we're to be good managers of the gifts that God has given us so that we can minister. Uh, and you know the, the last thing we want to hear from, uh, from, from God on Judgment Day is, away from me, you, you, know, you worthless servant. You, uh, uh, you know, you manager who didn't manage with what I'd given you away from me. Yeah. You know, it could be one talent. It could be 10 talents. You know, everyone is different, but everyone has a part to play within the church, within serving. And they have a, a responsibility then to be good stewards of that gift or gifts that God has given. Uh, and that's that's how the church grows. That's how God is glorified. Welcome to the Leftovers podcast. We're on episode five of the One Peter mm -hmm. series, I believe. Yes. Second week of suffering out of three. So you've got another week of suffering coming at you, mm. and then another one next week. But both of the suffering sermons have been encouraging and uplifting, which is... The intention, isn't not it? Always <laughs> no, what good. Yeah. Not always that you put next to suffering. Absolutely. We want people to be excited to suffer. For those listening, I have with me on my right, we have Beth. Yes, hello. And then on my left, we have Dwayne. Hello. Dwayne was preaching yesterday. It is Monday, isn't it? Yeah, Monday. And uh, we're going to dive into what he didn't have time to share. And I'm sure a little bit of what he did. Because uh, there, there was a lot in there. There's a lot of stories you told of your, your past, your life and how you experienced suffering it, it through that. So I think it'd be good to talk about that a tiny bit, not a huge amount, because yes. you opened in quite a dramatic way <laughs> with your uh, lift opening stick, right. lift loft opening. Um, well, um, like I said, you can't get a shotgun here very easily uh, and uh, didn't really want to. Even if you could. <laughs> Even if I could, I don't know that I would have brought it to church. church. You could have brought one of uh, Johnny's Nerf guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big plastic thing. I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> um, yes. Um, it didn't have. Didn't quite have the same feel as a, a as a shotgun barrel. Um, but um, yes, just looking at uh, at suffering. Uh, as Gwil said, you know, we were looking at three weeks of suffering. Uh, Elizabeth last week. Uh, me this week. John next week. Um, and just. Yeah, I guess probably the the one and only time, um, you know, that I I wanted you know to end it, uh, but it, like I said, um, it was I was in so much pain uh, and suffering. Uh, suffering. My understanding and, and, and reading and, and researching is not just a one-off pain. You know, that's just oh, I've got a bit of a pain, uh, but you don't necessarily suffer from it. Suffering uh, is enduring, uh, and like I said, the reason why. Uh, I had the shotgun under my chin uh, was because I wasn't enduring. Uh, I wasn't coping uh, with the pain, the ongoing pain. Uh, and, uh, and that's why we're, we're looking at this, uh, this, you know, this topic of suffering is to how do we cope with uh, with suffering. Now, I didn't. Uh, I didn't um, uh, go through the the whole chapter, as you know. I was Verse quite four. quite long. <laughs> um, uh, it was uh, it was uh, quite a, quite a lot uh, to get through, uh, which is why I thought uh, the heading that says "Serving for God's Glory" was a good point to well, why don't we you know pick that up 
in yeah, the podcast. So we'll dive into that a little bit. You have yeah. given me a couple of questions to ask you, but before that, do you want to say anything about yesterday or not? Oh uh, yeah, I just what struck me was when we talk about um, having arming ourselves with the mind of Christ yeah. and it not being okay. What do we think of suffering? But how does God view suffering? Yeah. And it just ties in with what we hear throughout Scripture about renewing our minds yeah. and and reframing not the way that we're viewing these things but how does God view this thing and it again it comes back to um, what Dave started us off with um, about viewing our suffering in light of eternity yeah um, and you know when you're in that moment it can feel hard to endure but when you think of just you know all of time and history just how short that moment really is and can we really say that we can't endure for such a short moment um, in order to, to have the um, prize that's set before us for the rest of eternity. Yeah, um, yeah just about that, that renewing of our mind and reframing it to see how does God define and view suffering. I thought that, that struck me. And, and, and yes, and that's what I was trying to do. Uh, I didn't say, um, you know, quoting um, Paul's, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, but that was certainly what I was thinking when I said, you know, we, we need uh, a godly definition of these terms mm -hmm. and stop allowing the world to dictate to us um, what uh, these terms mean. When, yeah. you know, in, in, in context of scripture, they mean totally the opposite of what um, the world has accepted. Mm. Well, this um, well, I was just going to say on that, on that point, um, the world sees suffering as the worst thing in the yeah. ever. Yeah. As in anything you can do to relieve suffering should be done. So whether it's, you know, mutilating your body because you've got a mental uh, suffering about whether or not you're a, you're a boy or a girl, um, killing your child because you might experience some suffering, you might have a hard time. Like these are all might. You yeah. might suffer. They might suffer. Um, it might not go the way you think. These aren't even actual sufferings. These are, you know, going through through evil and sin and murder um, and mutilation because of potential suffering, mm. and and to to eliminate that is is basically the highest good that you can do in society. But going back to how God and having the mind of Christ, it's completely different. That we have to endure those sufferings, and it's not about ending the suffering or eliminating suffering but enduring the suffering is completely different to the way the world thinks of suffering today isn't it absolutely this leads us quite well into the first question Dwayne has for me now before I get your serious answer <laughs> we're going to go around the table and talk about if we had 24 hours left to live what would we, what would we do it's quite a popular question to ask people mm -hmm. it's quite interesting so Beth, yeah, first. yeah. I'd I'd be thinking about um, kind of death row. What would my last meal be <laughs> 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 if I had twenty four hours to live? What what One food? You, Mexican. you are in England. <laughs> just what to food? You. Well, no, that, that's just what come like like they have their last meal. I'd be thinking, okay, twenty four hours to live. What could I? How much food can you come in? Well, not how much food, but what would be the meal that I'd want to eat? <laughs> okay, do do a meal and an experience each then. One just one. Oh man. I think I'd have to go steak and chips. Interesting. Would you go anywhere? You'd do flat iron flat iron. Yes. Steak and chips. Flat iron, great restaurant in London. Mm. Not sponsored. 
If by any chance you come across it, do sponsor would. us. Yeah, um, flat iron is flat iron in London. Yeah, what, so what the would the experience days. be? Um, I don't know. A bit quicker. I thought this was going to be quick. It's hard. There's so many good tips, so many, and you can't, so many you things can't just say quick fire. What Let's would it just be? do meals then. Yeah. Steak and chips. Um, Oh, there's so many Mexicans that I want. It's Mexican meals I want to try. I've got a list growing for. But can you get them in England? Uh, you can't no, go to the can't states. Go into you have to be in. Well, you have to be hours, you can fly to Mexico. That, that's an experience. <laughs> in the UK, stop complicating um, it. Well, probably I would. Uh, I would probably um, do something um, with uh, with brisket. Uh, Mexican brisket slow cooked. Low and slow uh, for 20, 23 yeah. hours. <laughs> well, not necessarily. <laughs> an hour to about, eat it. <laughs> about 12 hours to, to get it cooked. Uh, and then just all those things that uh, I want to try with it. So a little bit of pickled onion, uh, different salsas, uh, you know, just things like that. I would try and find as close as I can get to the kebab shop in Bordeaux. In so you do a do, tour of all the kebab I'd try and get a good kebab. <laughs> I've got 24 hours quick, let's go the, the, the kebab, kebab shopping. Kebabs in France is so much better than the UK. Controversial I think, take. I think what we call them in the UK is shawarma. Shawarma. Or shawarma. shawarma or I don't know how you say it, but weird. it's more similar to that than a, than a UK kebab, yeah. isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> Here's the question Dwayne actually wanted me to ask. How would you live if you had no more tomorrow? Which is a... a different nuance to the question isn't it yeah yeah um well certainly uh trying to trying to um be spiritual uh you know is because so much of what uh, what we do here is you know hopefully for god's glory is that you know we'd be able to um you know phone um again we're going back to to experiences aren't we uh how would you live if you knew you had no more tomorrows. Yeah, this is what coming is to verse seven, isn't it? At yeah. the, end, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Um, and I think, I mean, that's how Jesus calls us to live, isn't it, really? Every day, yeah. Every day, to be, to be alert, to be sober-minded, um, kind of to live as if each day is the last day, that the end of the times is at hand. Yeah, and... Um, you know, Paul uh, Peter writes this. Uh, you know, some you know thirty years after Jesus had ascended, uh, you know, and challenging. Here we are, two thousand years on, uh, and we're still being challenged to be ready. Uh, and so, um, will Christ return mm -hmm. while we're still alive? Don't know. Uh, but the the challenge is to be ready. As if, as, he if is. He is. as if he is, as if he is, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Because you hear this um, criticism, even in the church, oh, well, every century um, thought that they were the last. They, every century thought that they were living in the end times. So why are we so obsessed with, with the end times? Why are we obsessed with the idea that Jesus might come back at any minute? Um, we need to stop thinking about that because it's proved false for all those years. But actually, that is the call of all of us. Yeah. And so when you see, like Luther, um, through the Reformation, he believed that those were the end times. Um, mm. But because of that, you see 
than the application of, of how he lived because he believed that he was in those end times and then the great impact he had. Yeah. So if, if we're living similarly, believing that we're in the end times, what impact could we have as opposed to thinking, well, it's not important, everyone thinks that, so we just need to forget about it. We're not going to have such an amazing impact for the glory of God on society, are we? No, because, we're, I, again, um, when you think the, um, the, uh, the manager's coming, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you've done all the work that he's given you to do. Uh, you don't want to, him, to, him or her to, to come in and, uh, and ho hold on a second, I gave you a list of, of, of things to have done by the time I returned. Why aren't they here? Uh, and, and certainly, if we think that the, the coming of the Lord is, is, is far off, then what happens? We tend to, you know, start living life for ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and start mistreating other people, start talking about them, start doing our own thing. And, you know, our day of, uh, of accounting is, is upon us. And, you know, how will we respond then? It's like the, um, the Christian comedian we were listening to last night. He was talking about um, reading your Bible as if, um, it's preparing for the the final exam at the at the end <laughs> and how um, when you're younger you, you're not really Maybe thinking about yeah. not really thinking about the exam you know at university um, you don't put the preparation in um, well lots of students don't put the preparation in until the last minute um, and he was equating it with old people are reading their Bible all the time they're because they're cramming, cramming the final exam um, and, and kind of thinking about we should be thinking that that exam is coming at any moment yeah. and are we ready to to give an account for for um before god very clever the examiner yeah. the final examiner yeah. um we don't want to be cramming for the exam at the last minute we want to be prepared um, we're seeing a lot more signs that the lord is coming back soon aren't we so we're seeing more um diseases whatever you believe about the the flus that are going around seeing wars rumors of wars we're seeing the things that Noah was seeing in his time, and so he really truth for lies. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because this this made me think of um, if the end of all things is at hand, the biggest thing we're talking about today in society is climate change, isn't it? And people saying we've got twelve years left before the end of the world, and so you know, literally, people are thinking that the end of the world is coming. Um, and how does that affect the way they live mm. um, as opposed to us as Christians believing that the end of the world is coming um, and Christ will return to judge the living and the de dead well how does that affect the way we live I think yeah. climate um, extremists and activists they actually take these things seriously and it affects you know um, the way they interact with people the way they live their lives their speech it affects everything mm. Um, and that should be a challenge to us. How is the, um, the return of Christ affecting everything in our lives? If, you know, um, Greta Thunberg is doing a lot more and, and living out her beliefs a lot more than the average Christian. Yeah, what, what does that say about it. us? Yeah. Um, when, when they are actually living out and applying their beliefs yeah. more than we are. As Peter says, be serious. Yeah. <laughs> Be serious. But they aren't doing it in a verse 8 kind of way, are they? They're not doing, no. above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. No. So while they are super serious about it, we need to be as serious 
like contrasting their efforts I of think blocking all the motorways and yeah. annoying, just annoying people with drums in general. Well, I think this is where kind of like um, Van Strange talks about finding those magnetic points. They, they are seeing something that is drawing them um, about, you know, stewarding the earth and caring for God's creation. Form, yeah. But Jesus subverts that. And so the, the way that they see to um, walk that out in secular culture isn't the way. And then, like you said, that it results in a lack of grace. There's no forgiveness. Yeah. If you make one small slip up, um, then Over. you're cancelled yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas, like you said, we are we are to love one another in that walk walking. Yes. And, and again, we, we see that suffering because they're trying to do it in their own image. They're trying to do it their way mm -hmm. uh, rather than to um, to know God uh, and to hear from God and yeah. to do it God's way, uh, which is you know the effect of the fall, uh, the consequences, why there is suffering, why there's going to be uh, an end, uh, is because you know this present age has to end, uh, and and God's perfect age will be brought forth, mm -hmm. uh, and it won't be done uh, according to um, climate change extremists. It will be done God's way. Uh, and, and the sooner we can get to the place that we can humble ourselves and acknowledge that we cannot fix this problem, but God can, then we uh, will begin to live lives uh, of, uh, of serving one another uh, and, you know, and, and enduring our suffering, knowing that God's plan is going to come to completion. And, and, uh, and that's hopefully the exciting thing what I was trying mm -hmm. to you know get across you said you know I, I used a number of stories I was trying to say uh, trying to communicate that even in suffering even in persecutions you know there comes a point where there's a great um, victory uh, and you know if we can just hold on you know that you know God's got a plan and God's plan always comes uh, to fruition mm -hmm. uh, and that's you know why uh, we want to uh, to do all that we can, living each day for God's glory, not for our own. If it's all about us, uh, you know, well, you know, we're, you know, we wouldn't start from here. <laughs> we would, we would go somewhere else and do it very differently. Yeah. Uh, but not being about us, it, uh, being about God, then, you know, we submit to Him. Yeah. Uh, and um, and serve one another. Serious. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it, the um, authorized version, that word serious, actually they use sober, be sober. And you were talking about, uh, you know, asking, you know, how would you live? Well, we wouldn't be drunk, would we? <laughs> uh, we wouldn't want to be drunk when, when uh, you know, when Christ returns because you, you, you want to see it uh, and have nothing blurring your vision. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we want to, to be sober. We don't want to be dependent upon uh, other things. To numb the suffering. To numb the suffering uh, or to not see clearly. Yeah. Well, and and I think it's quite key before Peter even talks about um, our relationships with one another, he starts with our relationship with God and having um, seeing, seeing that it's the end of all things are at hand, we are to be serious and watchful in prayer. In prayer. But it starts with our relationship with God, listening to God, um, discerning the times... Um, that we're living in um, through the Word of God and that's where it starts and from that then we can go out and love our neighbours but it starts with 
God. Loving God first, yeah. yeah. Let's just jump on that because verse 8 is often used hugely out of context and misinterpreted. Uh, that's above all, love each other um, deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That's often used to argue we can keep sinning because love covers a multitude of sins. So did you dive into verse 8? Um, I... Um, yeah, certainly um, every, everyone that I read, all the theologians and, 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 and uh, pastors and commentaries, refers this back to Matthew 6 and Jesus saying, uh, you know, forgive others as you have been forgiven. Uh, so so this, this aspect of an active love uh, is, is forgiveness towards those. Uh, you know, certainly if we think about it, you know, that uh, forgiveness you know, that love is for someone else, not necessarily for me. You know, we're, uh, we're called, again, the, the heading is to serve, to minister. So, you know, the best way to serve is to forgive. Uh, and, uh, and what better place? This is in context of the church. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the best way to love someone uh, is to, as Jesus said, go to that brother or sister. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and say, listen, this is unacceptable. This is not according to God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't uh, a blanket, um, oh, God's grace will cover all of, my, all of my sins, you know. And it's not a, um, oh, we'll just forget about that. We're, we're not going to deal with it. We're just going to sweep it under the rug because love covers. And so we're just going to cover it up and forget about it and pretend it didn't happen. And the thing is that if you, uh, if you continue to cover sins up without confronting them and getting them straight, you know, so you are covering them up. So let's just have a picture of a, of a rug and you keep sweeping it under. Pretty soon, you're not going to have a level uh, um, floor. You're going to have a big mound under your, under your mat. Uh, and that's what happens. That begins to cause people to stumble and cause people to, you know, to, oh, well, I can't go this way because there's, you know, there's a big pile of, uh, of something under the mat here. Uh, so we don't, want, um, we don't want to be those that, um, that just forget about because that doesn't help anyone. And certainly in a church context, you know, as a body, you know, there's, uh, we talked about family. Uh, We look at a body, as Paul says uh, in uh, in his epistles of Romans and and Corinthians. Um, You know, when one part of the body hurts, it affects the entire body. When one person in the church is is not coping with the sin and and the rest of the body is trying to cover it up, it gets infected. It, it, It really begins to hurt the rest of the body. So this love is more about forgiveness. It's not holding them, not condemning them, not, you know, oh, well, listen, five years ago or 10 years ago, you did this and, you know, we still going to keep, you know, keep hanging you uh, on on that rope because, you know, it was an unforgivable sin. Whoa. Because as soon as you, you know, you start holding people to that kind of, uh, of standard, God's going to hold us to that standard. Yeah. If we're unwilling to forgive other people for the minor things that they have done, God is not going to forgive us for the massive things that we have done. You started going into this a little bit um, there, but how does how does serving for God's glory fit in with all this this suffering talk? 
Well, certainly, um, I believe, uh, like uh, Elizabeth was talking about uh, last week, regarding regarding the family, and uh, in, in calling the church to be family. You know, looking at uh, Romans twelve, one Corinthians. You know, being a body, being a family. Uh, you know, if we're uh, if we're out in the in the world, we're being persecuted, and we're going through suffering. What better place than uh, to have a, a family to come home to? A family that we can, you know, we can talk things through. We can, you know, express our um, our angers, our hurts, our sufferings, and knowing that we're not going to be judged for them. We're not going to be put down, but we're going to be supported. We're going to be helped. Uh, you know, and that's uh, that's you know the serving. You know, and you know, and and you might come to me one day, but I might have to come to you another day. Uh, and and it's you know it's in this family context that we need to be serving because it needs to be a safe place. You know the word um, hospitable uh, comes in uh, into this. You know it's uh, hospitable. It has um, uh, its roots in in caring for strangers. Yeah. You know if we're going if you know we're called to care for strangers, how much more should we care for our brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, and that's like I was saying last week. Sometimes it can be easier to care for strangers or the outsider because we think, well, they don't know better. Um, we can't expect much from them. Whereas when it comes to our brothers and sisters, we can be very quick to, um, to grumble and critique because we think they should know better, they shouldn't be doing that. Um, which comes back to the, the love covering a multitude of sins that we should be quick to forgive. Um, like I said last week again, um, have a soft heart but a thick skin. Mm. Um, and. And that's something that's reciprocal because like you said we often also fall short and we don't want other people cancelling us no. being quick to jump on the bandwagon and and kick us out and things like that so we need to have that that love and that hospitality um, and and when I was thinking about this I was thinking you know um, hospitality within family when you've got family coming for a meal, I mean, you think of Becca and Archie coming from Edinburgh, you want to, you know, have this big feast, you want to decorate the house, get the candles out, set up a table um, in a special way and, and do, do something special for them. Mm. But how many times do we think, oh, do I really want to invite people from church over for dinner? Oh, well, maybe that weekend, but then I need five weekends to myself just so that I can refresh myself I don't want to be too busy um, but we should have that eagerness to to serve mm. to be hospitable to give up our time our money our food our home um, multiple ways in order to to love and serve one another and you know if we're family we should want to do that yeah um, it shouldn't be a burden and and Peter's saying you know we shouldn't complain about that and paul talks about this as well in philippians do everything without grumbling mm. um you know we all know people who are constantly complaining and they're not really nice to be around are they no <laughs> now not looking at you not that, not that you're the grumbler right. just like i thought you were going to answer <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, but certainly, I'm, I, I, I made a um, I made a, a, a reference here to Romans five. You know, how does serving for God's glory fit in uh, with um, the the topic of suffering? Uh, and and Paul writes, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. 
knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, and so, uh, so suffering, uh, serving, you know, in the middle of this is because we've gone through, uh, we've gone through tribulations, uh, but God's love is being poured into our hearts. Uh, and, you know, and Jesus told to his disciples, freely you've received, mm-hmm. freely give, mm-hmm. freely give. You know, and, and, and unfortunately, too many, too many people uh, in society today, are, it's, it's all about me, me, me. What can I get? What can the church give me? I, you know, I just, uh, hold on a second. Uh, you, don't, um, uh, you don't let me drop off my, uh, my, my kids and myself at the front door and you go park my car. Uh, you know, it, you, well, I'm going to go to the church that does that, you know, and, and uh, we begin to choose our, our church attendance, where we go to church, based on what I can get from it. And I'm not saying those things are bad, and the church wants to do it uh, for, uh, as part of serving uh, the family, but when we begin to choose our churches for what, you know, the church is going to do for me, do we really have love for one another? Mm. Or are we only you know, loving ourselves? Uh, and so uh, as, uh, as we go through difficult times, as we go through uh, sufferings, you know, we have a family that we can go to. We have uh, a company of believers who will support us, who will love us. Because, as I said earlier, you know, there's probably going to be a time when we're going to need them to love us. Yeah. You know, so this is, this is, you know, reciprocal, you know, as, as you receive, give, as you give, receive. Uh, and that's what, um, you know, serving for God's glory uh, is about. Yeah, and he says, um, as each one has received a gift, minister to one another. So it, like you said, it's not just about going and the, the people on the leadership team pour out into you and you just fill up. I mean, I was talking to mum this week and, and um, she said she'd never heard this phrase, but I hear it a lot in social media and, and people saying you can't pour out of an empty cup, meaning self-love is important and you have to love yourself and get yourself to the point where your cup is full so then you can serve others. But that's not what, yeah. that's not what we're called to. The, um, thing, the thing is, um, self-love you've already got a full cup because you're only thinking about yourself. And if you've got a full cup, you can't have anything else put in there. You have to pour that out. Uh, and too many times, if we're only looking at ourselves, we have a full cup because uh, you know we've not done anything for anyone else. We've not loved anyone else. Uh, you know, and so or, there's nothing else to pour. the reverse is true. If, if you're feeling empty, how can you fill yourself up from empty no, when there's can't. nothing coming in? And so as you pour yourself out for others, this is, this is what the love of God is within the Trinity. They are constantly emptying themselves out for the other. God pouring himself out for the other in creation, creating us because he had an overflow of love. Um, and we're called to love God, then love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to pour out into yeah. the other. And the beautiful thing about that picture is if we're constantly thinking about other people, do you know what? We don't need to think about ourselves because we've got, you know, however many people in the church, 40, 50, 60 people who are all thinking about you. You don't need to think about you because you've got 
50 people thinking about you. I was gonna, I was gonna mention something like that. We, we went through a period at church where it was, we were down on a, numbers wise, we were down on a Sunday. Uh, the people serving were down on a Sunday. So there's a lot of the leadership team doing all the, all the roles. So for example, someone would arrive at nine to do coffee before going to unlock, before going to set up the worship stuff, before having a rehearsal, before doing the kids stuff. But now we're, we're, we're a church where there is a body serving in the gifts that they have. And people might not be gifted to make coffee. That's just the truth of it. It's yeah. not an easy thing to make. <laughs> I know that and that's they not still, a spiritual gift I have. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they, they, they still come on a Sunday morning, set the coffee stuff up, uh, after the service, come down, do the washing up, put it all away, and that's, that's their serving. And that is so valuable because mm -hmm. otherwise it would be one of the other people serving a different way doing it. Yeah. And so that's the way for me that this church has grown in, in, in serving and loving one another. Yeah. So there's so many other people serving now. And the beautiful thing about that is that when you're going through suffering, if it's just you thinking, well, I need to care for myself, you're getting so little input and it's so much harder to then go through the suffering yeah. than when you're in that community and you're not thinking about yourself, but you've got the people around you supporting and caring, just how much more do you receive and you get filled mm. up and you get encouraged mm. and you get built up than if you're by yourself thinking, well, I can't go and pour myself out for them until I've got to, to a place where I can feel good about myself, where I can deal with my suffering. Yeah. You're never gonna get there. And it, and it um, comes back to pride. Yeah. You know, oh, I have to fix myself before I can go to God for him to save me. Uh, well, if you, could, you know, if you could fix yourself, then you know, God doesn't need to save you. Uh, you know, you we come to him broken. We we go to uh, we go to church uh, because not only do I need to be ministered to, I need to minister to others. You know, looking at those giftings, looking uh, at those things, all these are given to the church and to the individuals who make up the church to give God's glory. If we're at home, if we're not in church, then God's glory is not being used through our lives. Mm. How can God receive glory when we're not in church where he wants us to be, to serve, to love, to support, encourage, challenge? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's where we are. That's where, as you said, that's when we start receiving is when we start giving yeah. our, of ourselves, giving ourselves away, then we have it come back to us a good measure. And people are more willing to, to give in return, aren't they? When, they? when you give yourself freely, people are less likely to withhold themselves and withhold their gifts because they've received and so then they think, well, they've done that for me, so maybe I can go and do that for them. Yeah. And so you're a lot more likely to receive if you freely give. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and certainly uh, ministering, uh, again, um, looking at stewards, uh, serving stewards mm -hmm. as, as, as uh, managerial. Uh, I, I mentioned that earlier about the manager coming, uh, but we're the managers. You know, we, uh, we, we're to be good managers of the gifts that God has given us so that we can minister. Uh, and you know the the last thing we want to hear from uh, from from God on Judgment Day is away from me, you you know you worthless servant. Yeah. You uh, uh, you know you manager who didn't manage with what I'd given you away from me. Yeah. You know it could be one talent, it could be ten talents, 
You know, everyone is different, but everyone has a part to play within the church, within serving, and they have a, a responsibility then to be good stewards of that gift or gifts mm -hmm. that God has given. Uh, and that's, that's how the church grows. That's how God is glorified. Yeah, this always makes me think of um, Eric Liddell when you talk about um, being good stewards of the gifts that God's given. And, and it's not just about the spiritual gifts, about um, teaching and leadership and, and evangelism and words of knowledge and healing and those kind of things. But you also think about the people who make excellent coffee or um, like Eric Liddell, he, um, this quote from him, God made me fast and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Just real quick, who's Eric Liddell? Uh, the, <laughs> he's the, um, the, the Scottish long distance runner who went to the Olympics and refused to run on Sunday because it was the Sabbath day, the Lord's day. And um, it meant that he couldn't run in the 100 meter race, which was his, um, speciality. his speciality. He yeah. knew he was gonna win. So he ended up having to run, was it 200 or 400? I think it was the 400. The 400, which wasn't his race, but because he honored God, God honored him um, and he, came out to win that race. <laughs> yeah. And the movie Chariots of Fire is yeah. based on, on that. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not just those spiritual gifts, but it's all the gifts, the talents, the skills, yeah. the, the material things. You know, If God's given you um, a large home, open it up, welcome people in. If God's given you um, a car and other people don't have a car, pick them up, take them to, to events, take them along to things. If God's given you um, more money, more resources than you need. Um, you think about it that we are stewards, that it's God is the manager and he's entrusted us with that money. How would he want you to, to spend that money? Mm. Probably not on a Tesla <laughs> or something like that, no matter how cool they are. And, you know, um, everyone's got one and it's a, a status symbol, but maybe you can give up that, that thing that you want in order to, to give the money wise, mm. wisely to, to help other people, to, yeah. um, to donate it to, to the orphans in Mozambique, or mm. you know, what does God want you to do with, with the skills, the talents, um, the spiritual gifts, the, the money, the finances? What does God want you to do with this? Not what, what do I want yeah. to do with this? Yeah. And, and again, I, I keep going back for God's glory. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things when I went through business school and, and, uh, and came, to, came to England, you know, my thought was, I'm going to make lots of money for God's glory to be able to, you know, I would, I would just take a little bit for, uh, for the family to live on uh, and the rest would be used for God's glory to be able to support Youth for Christ, the church, you know, Community Action Norwich, you know, these, uh, these uh, Christian organizations. And yet God's not opened that door. <laughs> that, was, that was my plan, not God's plan. Uh, but what God has given me, I want to be faithful uh, in doing. Realize, okay, I've, I've had some business ideas and God has not allowed them uh, to come, uh, you know, to get off the ground. But I've never lacked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never lacked. Uh, and even when money was tight, God still provided. And so... Uh, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we learn these things in church. We learn these things as a family, as a body. You know, the number of times that we've called the church to fast and pray because there was an issue, you know, and 
and and the church responded and God met the needs yeah. and anyone as I um, as I was I was thinking uh, yesterday I don't know if I actually said it you know uh, you know Paul in his suffering God said I'm not going to take it away I'm just going to give you my grace yeah my grace is sufficient for all your needs and when we began to to understand that God's grace is so much greater than the way we think we ought to deal with suffering or serve we learn God's way you know that's when we see the miracles that's when we see uh, him step in at the 11th hour 59th uh, minute and how much greater does that bring glory to God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, when we could not do it ourselves, yeah. God steps in. You know, and that's why I said yesterday, thank God for suffering. If I had not mm-hmm. been suffering, I would not have heard God's voice. Because mm-hmm. there were too many things that my ears were tuned yeah. to. And it makes me think of um, the story of George Mueller. Um, and as he stepped out in obedience, it starts small. Mm-hmm. Um, where he would need money for the week and God would provide money for the week. But then as he continued down that road, it, it, it got shorter and shorter until he was relying on God to give them the money for the day. They had no money to provide food for the orphans for the day. And so each morning they're praying, God, we need food. They sit down to breakfast and they're saying, thank you for the food. And then they wait for God to provide. But, but as he served... God and as he gave God the glory the suffering seemed to increase but the glory that was given to God increased all the more all the more because God was given the ultimate glory and they had to rely on him even more and so really you see that as you step out in serving yes the suffering might increase but that's as the glory is given to God more and more yeah Uh, because it, it is a process you know I talked about a process of Persecution to salvation. How many people? Um, uh, how many people um, who have persecuted Christians become a Christian because of the way they persevere under that persecution? Uh, and you know, and and it's, and it's a process. So the more suffering we have, uh, the more uh, the more God requires of us. The more God says, "Yeah, you can handle more." Mm-hmm. You know, and and as you give, and as you serve, and as you uh, speak. Uh, on God's behalf, as you give him glory, he says, right, great, have a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> more suffering. <laughs> more suffering, yeah. yeah. So, so again, we've got to change our mindset mm. of suffering uh, and, um, and through that suffering, continue to serve, continue mm. to love, continue to be the voice for God, mm. for his glory. Yeah. I think this is a great place to conclude. Yeah, can I just, can I just finish this? With, uh, it's just a really beautiful way to finish this. Um, yesterday with the kids, we were talking about praise psalms and oh, what yeah. can we praise God for. And one of the kids just wrote something that I think is, is beautiful to take away. Thank you, God, for this life. Mm. Amen. And, yeah. you know, God's given us this life. Yes, he has. And we need to be thankful. And if he's given us this life, the, the least we can do is give our life back. Mm. Yes, so if you're, if you're not serving at church and you wish to serve your brothers and sisters, um, there's plenty of teams, there's plenty yeah. of ways you can Please do talk that. to us. Or if you have another idea of what we're not doing and yeah. can do and you want How to you can join in. spearhead that, again, talk to, talk to the, le- the leadership.
Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for coming, Beth, Dwayne. We'll see you soon.